Hi, this is uh, Tony Silva. And Charles Wiz. And this is episode 19 of uh, Two Teachers Talking. Charles and I get together to talk about teaching stuff. Uh, ideas that are good, ideas that aren't so good, and uh, things that still confuse the hell out of us. And uh, today we're talking about grading, because it's that time of the year. Oh, grading, grading, grading. God. Do we have to? Yeah, well, we don't have to talk about it, but, but we have to do it. Grades, right? It's like the rest of us out here. Yeah, are we, but we're talking about um, end of semester and end of year grading, not yeah. just grading papers. Right, right, right. Yeah, which is a minor nuisance compared to. Com- we're actually talking about grades more than grading in a way, right? I guess so. Yeah. Okay, so here we are. Grades, grading, and grading. I think is there anybody who enjoys it? Um, there might be. It takes all know, kinds, right? Do you know anybody? No. Do you know anybody who's actually said, I'm really looking forward to doing my grades this weekend or this well, week? Well, I think we're all looking forward to getting them finished. I don't know that anybody looks forward to actually <laughs> okay. doing them. Yeah, that reminds me. I remember one time I um, I was reading Ulysses, that incredibly long novel by James mm-hmm. Joyce and Difficult, and somebody turned to me and said, did you enjoy reading Ulysses? And I said, I don't know if I enjoyed reading it, but I really enjoyed finishing it. Mm-hmm. And I think grading is one of those things that when it's done, you know, it's that's it, right? Well, it's I've nice heard, closure. Yeah, it basically indicates that I'm done for the semester or the year. <clears throat> but here's my first question. Yeah, it's very satisfying in some ways, right? Yeah. Well, getting any kind of, well, should I say, irritating task done, <laughs> and I think that's really true. Is that grading for me is an it's an irritating task. I understand the importance of it and I recognize it, but it's just never fun in any way, in any shape or form. And it's always causes me a lot of turmoil. Yeah. Well, it's a different, you know, there's a, it's a, it's a suitcase with a lot of handles. There's a lot of different aspects to it. And, and um, it may be worth a little bit thinking about <clears throat> exactly what it is that's happening when we assign a grade, you know, what does it mean um, for us? Uh, well, we'll talk about that first because we're most important, of course. Um, but also what does it mean uh, uh, for the institution, in the there. right? I mean, for the school that we're working at, because, that also very different things, and you know, then maybe most importantly, what it might, what it might or might not mean for the student, right? And then kind of look and put all that together and say, well, how does that kind of really reflect back on what the big picture, what we're trying to do, education and things? But um, yeah, for us, um, uh, the actual you know assignment of grades and things, uh, what is it that we're doing? What what's happening? And um, maybe even, for example, why? I know you've got some pretty strong ideas about grades. I don't have any strong ideas about anything, Tony. But what's an example of one of my strong ideas about grades? Remind me. Well, you don't you don't like them. Well, <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's my general impression. <laughs> well, the, don't know okay, where I got that I don't from. know. I don't know anybody who likes grades, but I think the difference is that it's there's a real significant difference to me towards or between grading and evaluation and assessment in many ways, and that they actually conflict with each other. Oh, good, good, good point. Good you know point. That ideally, in a perfect world, the grade should be a some kind of symbolic representation of my assessment and evaluation of a student's work, and then it should be something that the student understands and can use and take with them and somehow use as a means of academic and intellectual growth. Mm. Now, so 
<laughs> Sorry that I'm snickering and laughing at this, but it's that is very dependent on the institution that you teach in in Japan yeah. because they have very very different attitudes about what a grade means. Yeah, it's 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 really hard to convey the the, the wide range of attitudes and policies, etc., that surround grading, especially if, for people who have not been here. Yeah, yeah. Really, but really I know. Hard. I think every teacher in I know has had the situation where somebody has come in and said, "Can you please change your failing grade to a passing grade for this student?" Do you know anyone who hasn't had that happen? Well, I don't, again, don't talk about it that much. Don't ask about it, but I imagine that it's a very, very common That's a don't ask, don't tell one, isn't it? Exactly, right? Yeah. Um, But yeah, and it's one of the things that, um, one of the many things, I think, in in the system here and and maybe just in general that um, make it very easy uh, for the teacher to become very cynical about grades and, and the grading process itself. Yeah, and I think for me, um, thing that kind of gets to me a lot is and i we've talked about this before a couple of months number of months ago in one of the episodes where i think we were talking about how things work is that i have to always submit a numerical grade Mm. into the system somehow and we'll talk later about the different kinds of systems so i can give a student a 78 or a 79 and the thing that really gets to me is that the student who gets to 79 basically gets a B. And by the way, <clears throat> for our non-Japanese listeners out there, the system is really, really rigged here <laughs> in the sense that 80 to 100 is an A, right? This is very different. I forgot about this. Then in, J- in America, it's different. 90 to 100 is an A and 80 to 89 is a B. But here, 70 to 79 is a B and a passing grade, the minimal passing grade you can get is a 60, which I think would be an F in the United States. You'd get no credit for a class that you got a 60 or 65 in. I, ma- well, well is- here, I, well, in Japan, there's, it, again, there's a huge variation from school to school, and I think that might be true in the United States. For for me, my memory was that 60 in the United States was a passing grade. Really? I thought it was 70. I don't know why. I, I think, well, I think it was in elementary, in elementary school for me, I think 70 might have been the passing grade. Um, I think by the time I was in the university, it was 60. I don't know what happened in high school. Okay, well, there kind, goes my... It was my, kind of a blank. Okay, but, there goes um, my credibility. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, in uh, in Japan, again, also, I mean, that's generally the, the system, but that, that also, I mean, there's just, every school is different. Okay. Uh, some schools get the letter grades. The students get the letter grades. Some students get a numerical grade. Do they really? Yeah. Uh, some of the schools um, okay. where I teach, 80 to 100 is uh, is a single grade. Uh, some schools make a distinction between, between grades of 80 to 90 and, 90 and 90 to 100. Um, so they're, they're they're all different. And um, okay, because they all I'm mean teaching. different things. They've all got different rules and policies. Okay. Because where I teach, I issue the numerical grade and the students get a, like, you know, superior, an S, an A, a B, or a C, or a D, or, or an F. Right. So the difference, so that between, an 79, the difference between an 89 and a 91 is significant, whereas the difference between an 81 and 89 no, Even is an 89 and 90 is different. One point. Right. And, and exactly. And you get, in, as we talked about, it, one, of the, another, one of these things that makes it so easy to get cynical is that, you go through the semester and you have you know, the X number of assignments and 
uh, you're, we talked about last week with the spreadsheet, you know, you're working out all these uh, can be very difficult formula, uh, getting done things to, you know, insane little details. And then it all kind of gets obliterated exactly. in a, a C. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. So here I am or here. Yeah, exactly. It, it all just gets conflated into a general grade. And so, and, yeah. So what do you, what do you tell it to you? Say, okay, you guys talking about the spreadsheet stuff. I so what I just do is I have a card for each student at the end of the semester. I just put them into five piles and then one pile gets a 90, one pile gets an 80, one pile gets a 70, etc. I wouldn't be surprised. How do you argue with that? <laughs> right. Yeah. Or the question then becomes, right, does it just make more sense to assign A, B, C, right, in general to all your assignments instead of trying to use all these rubrics to give well, a 76, I know some teachers who do that. Yeah, they, they they don't they don't bother with numerical averages. They don't. I don't know exactly how they come, but they will just give students ninety, eighty, seventy, sixty. Yeah, I have seen those grades turned in where an entire sure. class was just nothing but ninety, eighty, seventy, sixty. Right, right. And right. it, at first, I was shocked and thought, "What? A, you know, this person's obviously very, you know, interested in getting this done in the simplest, easiest way." But then I realized, oh. It doesn't matter because the grades are still being submitted. You don't have to have, what is it, that kind of granularity right, to your grading. But, you know, the point is, uh, going back to it, is that it's just so separate, you know, separated from really providing really good feedback to a student. Well, that's, see, that's that's a thing, talking right. again about what it Whether means, it means what anything. it might mean. Okay, and um, using that the assigning of grades as something, something a meaning, meaningful bit in the feedback loop, right? It's something that the students going to get, and you don't know how they're going to perceive it, but ostensibly, this is your evaluation of their performance in the semester, and so, for some kids, it means something. Hmm. That's very true. There are certain kinds of students; those who are bound for graduate school. Or want to go study overseas, I think. Students, They're, those kinds of students, also other students who um, uh, need the grades for some kind of scholarship that the yes, school or right. outside or an agency might need. Hmm. And that's, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Please. And um, some schools also will use their um, grades and their grade point averages to determine their eligibility for other classes, whether it's like streaming for uh, different tracks or making even make them making them eligible for certain kinds of majors or some some kind of programs. So in order to enter a certain kind of program, you need a certain grade point average. And we should point out also that the GPA, grade point average, is a pretty recent phenomenon in Japan. Mm. And um, it seems that it is going to become more of a trend. I mean, it's it's a, it's a nice little convenient objective number that, that helps people down the pike. Um, Make some kind of decision about uh, people, you know, yes or no, uh, hire, not hire, admit, not admit. Uh, another little bit of information. It's not, but as you say, that's very recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've I've seen that it's it's useful, although I, I I always I'm still stuck in the 4.0 as being the perfect score, and um, I think also this is happening in America too, where students can get like an A plus. And so a GPA can go up to like 4.1, 4.2 or something. This is kind of weird to me because I always thought four was the maximum. Well, my graduate, yeah, again, there are variations from institution to institution. My graduate work in the States 
the highest uh, numerical grade was a, a four, it corresponded to an A. My undergraduate school had, worked on a five-point system where the A is five points and the B is four points. Okay, but you, they didn't have A pluses. They did not have A pluses. Right. I mean, your, your, yeah. your, your 5.0 was the absolute limit. Yes, yeah. And then, of course, we can get into the problems of our classes, you know, or different courses should be, you know, evaluated or measured or given the same weighting as another course. But that's a different story. Yeah. But I think that going back to what we were just saying, though, is that some students really do care about their grades. Yes. And there's other students who just don't really care. Right. They're just trying to get through and they just want to graduate and they have little interest in whether they get an A or a B or a C, right, as long right. as they and get that, that, the units. And that's units. been, as you said, that's been the, traditionally, that's the way it's that's been. been. Either you got credit or you didn't get credit, and um, the grades were meaningless because no one looked at them. Um, employers never looked at a student's grades. They just looked at which school they graduated from. Right. And how long do you think this has been going on? I, it seems like a kind of an incremental and almost imperceptible it's just, creep. It's been, it's, it's been happening for about 10, 12 years, but very, very slowly. It was I think it was the first school that... I started talking about moving to a GPA system, which again confused the hell out of me because I've been giving them numerical grades for for years already. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, what are you doing with these things?" <laughs> so, yeah, they're converting them to A's, B's, and C's. But um, I think it was about ten or twelve years ago where they said they were going to be shifting toward they call it a GPA system. Um, but um, there's a lot of schools that have not done it, and the yeah, the change has been very slow. Mm. Okay, so some students are concerned about grades, some are not. The average student, what do you think? Um, I think it'll, it'll, it all depends on um, the school itself. I mean, the, the school cultures can, can vary so widely. It depends on um, what the school is telling them. So I talked about that middle-to-middle group. Um, if they're in a, in a school where it's you know emphasized, they'll, 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 they'll care. Uh, if they're at a school that's kind of still on the old track, um, they they might not care so much. Yeah. So we have it's variable or it's there is variation by student and by school. Yeah. Okay. And you're and teaching the, at different schools, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How I think maybe that? the yeah, I think maybe for like for uh, for us the teacher right now kind of like if you want to have to you know sit back and and or sit up and think about, you know, what we're doing and what we're giving these grades. Um, maybe the biggest question I've talked about putting things on five piles versus, you know, the spreadsheet um, granularity and degree of discrimination. Um, for us, how much time is this worth? You know, how much faith do you have in your um, previous assessments, your evaluate? evaluative tasks and, you know, whatever the tests that you create or the papers that you do, the grades that you give your student, how much faith have you gotten them? How accurate are they? To what degree do you, okay, this guy's got a 79.86 and she's got a 79.43. At what point does it stop meaning anything? Um, and how much time should we practically devote to, you know, that degree of distinction? discrimination from you know from one student to another is it enough as you might are you say you know pass or fail well it's always easier the pass or fail is easier yeah and i th- but there's two conjunctions to address what you're saying though is how much time do we really want to address to something whereby you know is there a difference between a 78 and a 79 right 
And exactly. what does it really, really mean? Because I don't think students are using it as a mechanism to evaluate themselves. You don't? In the sense, well, in the sense of, did I improve? Did I learn? It would be an interesting thing to check is, okay, do yeah, you I think don't, I have no grade, idea. Right. Yeah. It's what I'm trying to say is, I don't know. I don't, you know, does a student who gets a B say, wow, this is really good. Last year, I got a C in my English class, and this year I got a B, and I feel like I really worked hard this year, and this grade is representative of it. Because then we get, you know, we want to open the real can of worms here, is that you and I are going to grade really differently. Yeah. No matter what, even if we have shared rubrics, you know, variation. And I, I've seen, we see it all the time if we're grading papers. Sure. You get, either get easier or harder as you go along. Right. And how many times do people really actually regrade their papers blindly? Mm. Right. You get a paper and it's not a simple yes or no answer. So let's say it's an essay question. So there's so much variation there. And there's a variation from the teacher and there's a variation from how the student interprets that grade. And I just don't know whether it serves as anything more than some kind of marker about what to show what the student did to a prospective employer or graduate school or somebody else who's interested in the student's record. I don't think or don't know to what degree it's used by students as a means of assessing and evaluating their own performance. Um, just a, just a thought that just came to me and you know, kind of half playing devil's advocate, but might that not be um, our fault for not using what might be a, a motivational tool? So, for example, throughout the semester to hold out or describe that final grade as something more than what it is now, that it would be something that they would then you know benefit from striving toward or from recognize make recognize its importance or giving it more importance um because i don't i don't do that at all um because like you i think my impression from the past is that most students really don't care and i'm always kind of surprised when students get or concerned about their grades like oh <laughs> you know you're worried about your grade <laughs> um and uh, i'm still surprised you know what happens i'm a little more aware of it and i'm more prepared for it but sometimes the student's interest in their grades and their concern for their grade um, will sometimes still surprise me. And we we talked about, it's like, well, yeah, it's easy to say the students don't care at things, but as we've said in so many different uh, other issues and discussions in the show, it's like, um, they surprise us <laughs> continually. <clears throat> and some of them really do care. Mm, let's say that. Um, and... But I do want to go back to what you were talking about is using grading as a motivation tool. Mm. Um, and that is, I'm not really sure I even like that in a way. Yeah. Well, because I, I explain how I grade and I explain to students that, you know, I've taught, we've talked about this in grading. It's real important. Sure. I'd like yeah. to average out, you know, because students do a lot of self-assessment and group assessment of each other's works because they're doing a lot of group work all the time. And I explain that I grade on a curve and I show how it's the grade, the curve is um, basically in their favor for passing. 
and I explain, especially for final projects, that look, if you're here at this point in time and you've done most of the work and they get their, they, they know what their grades are because they get to see the grades that the other students give and that they give and whatever grades I give to them, that they shouldn't be worried about getting an A or a B, for example, for their final project, that the motivation for their final project should that they should be have fun that they should be interested in using their language as much as possible. So in a sense, maybe I'm demotivating them because I don't want them worried about a grade. Yeah, I want yeah. them having fun at the end. I want them trying to take chances and use the language that they've learned or whatever they've learned and really take some risks. So in that sense, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Well, I've so, had to, I had to do the, that exact same thing because I had a student, not this year, but it was last year, with the very beginning of the year, the very, I think it was the first class or second class, and come and say, "Listen, I tell me what I need to do to get a high grade in this class." And say, this is, again, and I gave him your speech. I said, "Well, you know, the way to do that is to not think about the grade." And you know, how zen is that, right? But uh, uh, so you know, just worry about learning, you know, learning the most you can, you know, trying as hard as you can, make mistakes. And, he was not satisfied with my <laughs> with my answer. So let me talk for about ten minutes. Well, no, tell me. So okay, good. But how do I get how do I get a high grade? Yeah, I find that didn't, usually, didn't hear a word. Yeah, I usually get that from engineering students. Uh-huh. Right? They they want to understand the system and know well how the mechanics to, of it. Sure, right? Exactly. And we didn't we we didn't mention it, but yeah, I mean it's because it's so obvious. But let's state it anyway. Um, this is uh, I think a lot more difficult for such a soft. Uh, subject matter right like foreign language it's not like math it's not like engineering it's not like where there's an answer it's a it's such a soft squishy uh evaluation process right very hard to do well, it makes are, the grading thing much harder there are people i know who measure they give vocabulary tests at the end grammar tests at the end and they they make it unsquishy well that's cool if that's what you're teaching and then that's what you want to assess them on that, that's fine. As long as the kids know this, okay, this is a vocabulary class <laughs> or this right. is, you know, well, I you think know, we're both squishy kind of guys. Well, language. Yeah. I think, well, yeah, I think cause language is pretty squishy. Yeah. I'm looking more at communicative competence and hmm. that means, you know, if I don't care if the student says train, hmm. there go Tokyo now, you know, to me, that student has communicated pretty hmm. clearly, but it's, you know, how do, we deal with, you know, my dilemma always is the student who comes in, um, let's say, pretty good English, and then, you know, gets an A without having to do too much work, but shows no improvement. And the other student who starts off with, let's say, what would be C level, and ends up getting up to B level in 15 weeks, working really hard, showing incredible amounts of improvement. One student gets an A for not trying, and the other student gets a B. Well, that right? the, and the that grade that you give, to, yeah. Well, it is, depends what you're, it depends on what the teacher's asking them to do to get that grade. Now, <clears throat> whether it's performance on a test, whether it's completion of tasks, um, whether it's an evaluation of some kind of product that they've had to have done. Um, yeah, the, the, the answer to, you know, that kind of problem is to balance the thing so that, so that someone coming in with, you know, just a, a given a higher level of competence in, in the foreign language can't just write on that to pass the test. I mean, if you have just tests, then the, the person's going to get an A. There's going to be no chance for improvement. However, if during the semester they've had to have completed certain things and have done certain things, for example, research or a paper or you know whatever it might be, 
that um, they're given something, um, they're forced to be evaluated on something that they didn't walk into the classroom with. At least they have to have done something to made, make something or to do something. But, you know, there is a difference between a student who has a reasonable competency in English when they come into the classroom. They're going to be able to complete those tasks in mm. less time and with much less effort and still earn an A grade. I'm just saying that looking at whether or not grading mm. is a going back to is it a fair, yeah. and accurate assessment tool and evaluation tool rather than it's this thing that I have to generate that sometimes has is not fair and does not represent what the student has achieved or accomplished in the semester or the year. And I've tried to tweak my grading systems, you know, and I've gone up to 50% participation scores at times over the years, and that's gone back down to 10 to 15%. But all these attempts, but this is to deal with that question again, is does grading really mean anything in the end of the year other than some arbitrary marker that I have to provide to the school and for the student's benefit and using spreadsheets and formula and algorithms, whatever you want to call them to figure out a way to generate something that's reasonably meaningful. And whenever I get around to filling out the grades and I start hitting my head, I get the student who, oh, the student, once I've not, you know, I've done all my grades blindly, right? Because everything's being done by the spreadsheet. And then all of a sudden you look at it and you say, this student really, really worked hard this semester. And they're, they only got a 68. You know, that breaks my heart. And then so what I, do you do? How, how do you handle that? Oh, this is this is the. <laughs> I get featured. I was that. supposed to ask you that question first, and everyone, thank you very much. Our episode's over again. A short episode today. Um, you know, this is where it starts getting really mushy. I have to look at the participation score, and then. I have to decide, well, that student easily deserved a B, so now everybody's grade gets plus three. So I can get the student to a 71, I adjust the grade, and then I have to... Do you go back and adjust your formula to give participation a higher percentage? No, no, no. When I've done this in the past, when if it's one student and it's really close, like usually I assume that a 79... Any any grade that ends in a nine gets bounced to the next level. That's just too close, right? And I'm not assuming that I have such perfect accuracy in my grading mechanisms that um, it, it's, it can tell one-point differences between students. But I'm saying if, let's say somebody, let's say I have a student that has 67, 68. I think this student didn't deserve a C. They work too hard. There's something wrong with the grading system. Something Right, right. That, that, that's where I was going to go with that. And then um, I will. I have what the last column on my spreadsheet before final grade, right, is always the adjustment column. Mm-hmm. And that has usually plus one point or plus two points. Just to give, you know, the benefit of the doubt to students mm-hmm. that, you know, it's just some wiggle room. Right. And, and then, but, you know, just to continue for just, you know, another 10, 15 seconds, the worst part of it is then I go back and then there's a student who gets a B who didn't deserve the B again. <laughs> right. So I guess it's kind of um, no, no innocent man should be found guilty. Mm-hmm. So that's how it like, kind of works at the end. Yeah, I have that. Um, we, you know, we talked about spreadsheets. We didn't talk about this aspect of it. But yeah, um, 
same for me. My last column is always the adjustments. You get a raw score. And then, yeah, you've, you've, you've got to massage that sometimes. Mm. Um, and, and maybe more often than not. But um, um, I think when we talked about grades last summer, um, we talked about, you know, we do this calculation and take a look at it and say, well, it's got to pass the eyeball test. It's got to make common sense. And if, for example, in, in the situation where you've got a student who's got that 67 or 68, um, it'll force me to go back and look at it. It's like, well, okay, something, yeah, as you just said, something's wrong with the system. Um, I need to go back and look, how is this, how are these grades calculated? I didn't, I did something wrong here. And before I do the final calculation, I'll look for other patterns. So I'll look for someone, another student, for example, that might be a similar type. It's like, okay, is there a pattern? Who's getting the high grades? Who's getting the low grades? What's wrong? Did I maybe, for example, some assignment, did I, some specific assignment, was I too lenient? Was I too strict? Was I too, too hard? Too high? Maybe something is wrong there. Um, and I'll look at the whole thing before I do the final calculation. Right. Yeah, I, I do the same thing, right? I look at that one student, let's say, who 68, I feel should get a B. Then I go and think to a comparable student, right, who also put out the same amount of effort. So I think we both do that. But yes, there is that final column, which is the massage column, I guess, is right. the best way to call it the adjustable column. But this, I think, is this tells us something, though, which is that the grading becomes a feedback loop for me in uh -huh. terms of looking at how I grade and how I evaluate. But if the students are not there to see that process, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I give students, you know, access to their grades. They can see all their grades whenever they want. And, um, but if they're not there to see it and, you know, maybe I should make a videotape or a movie and show how I'm massaging the grades so that they can understand the process. But you, know, it, you might be safe here because there's so few lawyers, but you wouldn't. Right, want to of do course, that oh, in I understand. States. Right, I have to black out everybody else's grade, right, and have like you know, artificial <laughs> grades. The point of it is, though, is that I think in terms of feedback, I'm getting more feedback simply how to try to improve my grading system to make it more fair or fair. But I don't, you know, know how that's really helping the student. Does a B again? Or an A really helped that student in terms of them assessing what they've learned and evaluated their experience in my classroom. So that's one of the real big problems I have with grading. Mm. And it goes into this, you know, loop that we're talking about, you know. So I don't know. Sometimes it's it's a frustrating thing. And I don't know anybody who really enjoys it. Yeah, well, it's, it's no one likes it because, well, you know... It, one, it's it's a whole lot of work stuffed into a really short time, and um, it's not easy. Even if even if you're doing it well, you're doing it right. It's not easy. It's a lot of work. Um, to to supplement something you said about the, the feedback loop, though, it's kind of interesting. You've got, but there's like actually two things that are happening there. One is as you're going through this painful process of assigning this final grade, um, looking at and questioning and tr verifying your grading criteria process and so forth. Um, the other part you touched on, but for the teacher, that's the feedback loop, not only your evaluation uh, process, but the actual, <clears throat> the teaching that we actually did. Um, it's uh, as much of a, 
report card for the teacher than it is for the student, not in terms of evaluation. But okay, well, this is done right. This can kind of tell us how good of a job we've done uh, when we, we do our grades. You know, it's like when students do very well, it's like, well, you know, not that you want to take credit for it or, or God forbid, take blame for when they don't perform well. Um, yeah, it is kind of a signal for us to let us know if we're doing a good job or not. Okay, but if that were, if it were set up in that way, then I'd have to be baseline testing or baseline assessing at the beginning, and then measuring achievement, right? Because that's which, really... which some which is what some people do, I think. Okay, but then I, there's I, I've tried that too, and I got it gets into all <laughs> sorts of complications. So I agree with you in a sense that it's a, it's a useful tool in how well we're doing our job, and I think that. I can see that if I look at my C's, at my my high C's and low B's, usually will tell me something along those lines that, about that. But again, you know, the grading system, and I'm, you know, Tony, trying to really figure out, what, put my finger on what it is that I hate most about grading. Uh-huh. And I think that what I really hate is that it puts everything I believe in terms of saying that I care about the individual. I, I teach to human beings. Um, i working with human beings who have feelings and aspirations and hopes and fears. And when I have to grade, I have to turn everything into this number. And it really kind of just puts up in big, bright neon lights the fact of, uh, no, actually, at the end, you're having to reduce these human beings to numbers. And if I want to treat them as human beings, this required submission of a numerical evaluation of their performance forces me to disregard who they are as human beings. And that's an uncomfortable thing for me. And I think maybe that's what I hate hate the most because I have to look at it blindly. I have to let the spreadsheet do its thing. Um, and I think I've mentioned in when we talked about spreadsheets that I don't have student names in my spreadsheets. Those those are hidden, mm-hmm. while the and they're only shown until after the grades are done, because I don't want to be biased when I'm issuing the numbers. Whereas there's an argument to say, wait a second, each one of those people is a human being, and I should automatically adjust their grade according to what I know about them to represent what they did in the classroom. So that conflict between Objectivity and subjectivity. Really yeah, that's that's exactly that's where that's exactly the, the the nut you're rubbing against there. Yes, yeah, it's just it's uncomfortable for me. So, would you support pass fail versus um, what we do? No, I think for me, I don't know whether it's some kind of odd Puritan ethic artifact or emotional damage from the the Catholic nuns that screwed me up in you're elementary so, you're school. So much for your Puritan ethic, right? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you went to a Catholic school and you have a Puritan ethic. That would be a fun one to explore. Yeah, yeah. Well, nice combo. Um, but no, I don't I wouldn't feel comfortable with pass failing. I I yeah, it's I think I think there's value in making though that kind of discrimination. There is such a thing as good and bad and average and I think it's as difficult as it is and, and unfair as it may be at times, um, I think there's value in, in making the effort to make it fair, to make it mean something. Mm. Um, I think that's 
I think that's, I think it can be, can be valid. And I think it can, and it might, and it's sometimes, maybe sometimes unfair, but I think that you can done well, a group of A students, B students, C students, D students, and have it mean something, I think. I think but you're it's hard. You're, but you're getting to the real crux of the matter there, which is that if we reduce to pass fail, it's a pretty easy thing to do. Very. You yeah. create a minimum threshold, and once the threshold is reached, it doesn't matter anymore, and it doesn't reflect how hard students work. Although people would argue that those students who want to learn will then continue to learn, correct, and will be motivated, and those students who don't will just you know check out and cruise because they've accomplished what they want. And I want to come back to that because this is something I'm thinking about trying for next year. But I think that the real value of grading comes from this thrashing about and dealing with are my grades fair are my grades rep representational of what the student achieved are they an effective evaluation and assessment mechanism and that that's the real value as a teacher it's not in a sense of giving the grade but that struggle to come up with some system that actually is fair and accurate and that we go through this every year does this reflect my teaching was my teaching effective and okay yeah i thought i did a great job in the class this year this was a pretty good group of students they seemed to be with me understand what i was doing they did their work and then you find out that you're just giving a lot of b's and very few a's is what did i do is this right? Is this accurate? So in that sense, okay, I'd say that grading has value for the teacher. And I guess I'm going to argue that this whole grading process has more value for the instructor or teacher as an self-evaluation tool than it is almost for the student. Yeah, I think you have, maybe have a, a valid point there. I think you might be very right. Certainly in terms of the um, you know man hours or the, the, the time expended thinking about it and putting everything together. Um, Certainly, yeah, it, it falls in, in favor of the you know, importance for the teacher. Right. But, you know, then again, I look at all the hours and hours put in trying to do this and come up with a fair system. And I could be doing other things Yeah, <laughs> that I think might be oh, more I said, helpful. I said, why not, why not five times? piles or two piles in like a you know, pass-fail situation? Well, again, that's the pass-fail argument, right? That right. students will do this. And so th this is – I wanted to toss out this idea. I've been thinking about this um, – that – Next year, I was actually thinking of letting students choose their grades, in a sense, that there would be like a pass track, and that if you want to just get a pass, this is what you have to do, and this is the work you have to do, and this is the number of times you have to come to class. Then there's the B track, which is, okay, if you do this, this, and this, and this, the maximum grade you can get is a B, and your work will be assessed at a certain you know level of uh, what stringency, for lack of a better word. And then there'd be an A level for those students who want to try to achieve A's, and that would be run as my usual basis. And let the students you know, say, hey, you know, this is where I'm at, and I'm just interested in passing, and so I can easily grade those students and those students who want to just say, hey, look, I want something a little bit better, or the other students go, no, I want to, I want to aim for the top. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I like it. I like it. In, in the amount principle. of work is frightening. <laughs> that was that's what I was going to say. It sounds really interesting, but given the volume of, of teaching that I do, it's like, yeah, it was, yeah, that's fine for Charles. Well, no, <laughs> fine I, for other people. I can't do that. <laughs> well, of course, I'm going to pilot it in just one class. 
I'm yeah, thinking. yeah. But I'm thinking that would it, be it, it sounds interesting. Because I did something something similar, quite, but but also very different. Um, uh, I allowed the students. This was a long time ago. Um, I allowed the students at the end uh, to give themselves a grade, what the what they thought was a fair grade for themselves, and allowed that as I can't remember the ten, twenty, thirty percent of their final grade. But um, I only did it once. Um, very disappointed, and, and maybe probably just chose the the wrong class at the wrong school to do it at. Um, where yeah, we had a bunch of jerks just giving themselves A's. Okay. I told you how I saw the last that. <laughs> last time I'm doing this. I don't know. I find the students grade high, even with a, a rubric, right? They mm. will grade each other high just because they're not used. To, they don't understand how to be mm. critical, and there's social pressure there, mm. right? It's also it's a culture um, in Japanese culture where you don't criticize other people. Mm. So, so as much as we're used to it, but I'm just wondering now running with this idea, for example, where most schools, if they do tracking or streaming, will use some kind of like TOEFL test or the TOEIC test to assess students or some kind of placement test. Then they put them in the classes according to their level. I'm wondering what would happen if you just turned to students and said, okay, I just, you just want the credits, go to this class. You want to do a minimal amount of work, but you don't want just to see pass. So you go to you put them in the B group, but then you put students who are motivated, and you don't care what their level is, mm. and you know let them go into the A class. And they'll still, you would say that even that kind of student, the lowest grade they'd get would probably be a C, right? So there's no mm. penalty for them except how much effort they want to make. Mm. And I think in this era of where we talk about autonomous learning and self-regulated learning, why not give students the, the choice of the track they want to take? Yeah. I, yeah. That's a, I like that idea. That would, make... it's, I think it's really fair in a way, but I'm yeah. trying to figure out how to do it. But, you know, then the grading becomes much easier in a certain way. Right. Because then sure. I can, if a student chooses the A track, I just have to look at the numbers and I say, Hey, you made this choice to be evaluated strictly by, this kind of mechanism and the B students you say, okay, the top score is a B. You didn't do real a level work, but my top score is going to be a B and you, you know, but no, you didn't do enough to get a B. So you get a C and the students who choose the C track are basically choosing the pass fail. I don't know. It just, you know, that goes, you know, it's a whole other topic again about how we really approach um, the independent learner autonomous learning ideas or ideals and in many ways we the grading has very little to do with that and you know do we need to have students write self-evaluations at the end of the semester to go back to the standard grading mm. thing and that their final project is evaluate your performance that might be the best final project we could make mm. Mm. i don't know but that there's that disconnect between the principles of autonomous learning and independent learning and a teacher giving a grade to a student in some ways. And I'd like to integrate that. So I'll, I'll tell you how my attempts at trying to come up with this, my three track system. Yeah. Well, we look, we all look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is looking forward to my, my incredible failure, my crash and burn, but I'll probably try, I think implementing it into, kind of like a general education class. So, okay, so I think we've covered a lot about grading and whether it means anything. How about uh, 
the different kinds of grading systems Good. Yeah, that that's, exists. That's you mentioned that, that at the be, you know, when we were talking before, <clears throat> you you deal with how many different kind. You know, right. Well, yeah. Every school it, has its own system, and especially for example, if you're um, beginning at a new school, you're at a school for you know, going through the first cycle. So you probably probably already dealt with this in the, at the end of the first semester. You're already aware that um, each school um, requires the teacher to submit their grades. Uh, in its own unique way. And uh, they can be very similar to each other. They can be very different from each other. Um, I think I still have one school. Yes, I do. And bless their souls. I have one school that um, allows me to uh, submit my grades on a piece of paper. And they give me a piece of paper with the students' names printed on the left, and there's a little box on the right, and I write a number. And I they give me a little envelope and I mail it back. And that I find just wonderful, uh, just in terms of time, uh, efficiency, ease on the eyes, and accuracy. Uh, the chance of making a mistake is, is much, much less. Uh, that's because one should never proof on the screen. Yeah. yeah. Never check well, for errors course, yeah. on the screen. Print out and proof from paper. Yes. Yeah. So you prefer the old style where they give you that kind of yellow yellowish kind of card it's uh it has actually it is it's card stock yeah it actually it's, it's bigger than a4 because they, they actually kind of want you to do your uh attendance records on the sheet too but i don't i just put the the a grade there at the end and they're, they're fine with that i hate but, it when they ask for the attendance yeah it's yeah. like this is university come on yeah, please yeah, exactly okay but so I have some schools that asked for that none currently i don't think but yeah okay so you prefer the paper <clears throat> but yeah, how old is damn new technology? Oh, that, that, <laughs> those, that technology, those pencils, what is this? They want me to use pencil instead of a chisel. It's the devil. It's the devil. <laughs> but okay, uh, no, but I, what about I, grade submission? I, 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 I much prefer paper. If it, you know, if it got an option, it's great. Okay, and what about um, online systems? Well, so a lot of them are very similar. They're, they're buying a product from um, the same company and trying to adapt it to their own systems. Um, and some of them are better implemented than others. Uh, some of them are in English. Some of them are in Japanese. Um, some of them allow for a, a temporary save after you've submitted the grade. Some do not. Uh, some of them, uh, it's it's very easy to get um, uh, output, like, for example, printout or saving to a spreadsheet of, of what you've put in. Um, uh, but, um, they all have got their little quirks and, uh, even things like the login, uh, procedure can be different. So I have another school that, um, we have, you know, for their usual system access, we've got a password and a username, but for grade submission, they give us a special username and a special password. So you log in as something or somebody else. Um, and it's fine. Just another little piece of to to remember another little step in the process to screw things up um but um yeah it the the process itself is something that you really need to look at and be careful with sometimes because yeah sometimes you hit the wrong button and then you've submitted the wrong grades and you can't correct them uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah i found out that that's not True. <laughs> well, it can always be changed, but it, it yes, it can. It just, but they don't oh, tell it's us. It's not that. pleasant. It's not a pleasant process. 
<laughs> well, I've had to change two students' grades o- over the last few years. One because uh, I made a mistake. God forbid I admit that. I made a mistake on a grade. Um, and the other was because uh, a student came and complained about their grade, actually. And mm. said that, look, I got the same grade as this person who was in my group, but they didn't do very much work at all. And I said, okay. And then I looked up the person they were talking about. And I was like, well, okay, you're right. That was a student. I clearly remember not putting in much effort. But okay, but going back to what you're saying, right? Some of the systems actually have it where once you click, you can't modify it, right? Right. Correct. Without going through an incredible number of <clears throat> yeah, you get jumping to go in personally hoops. to kill okay, excuse me, I'm an idiot. I don't know how to use your stupid system. Oh yes, I think I've, I've learned how to say that <laughs> in very sorry. polite yes, Japanese. Uh... And then there's a mumbling. I always like the mumbling, like <laughs> as if like you never, one. you've never made, you've never hit the enter key either, right? <laughs> you know, it's all mumbling because you're the fifteenth or twentieth person that's done it because the system makes it so easy to screw up. <laughs> they don't, they they'll never tell you that. With that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's the best part is that I think something actually like that happened where I had made a mistake. <laughs> the person in Baggy was the same problem uh, on like an <laughs> online thing or something, and. Yeah. um it was a system that had just been implemented and I felt really stupid. I went and said, look, I made a mistake or something that everybody, it was really funny because everybody kind of like immediately looked down at their desks, <laughs> except for the person talking to me. And I yeah. could tell like there was like smirking or something going on. <laughs> and I just said, excuse me, but <laughs> I'm sensing something strange is going on here. And they were like, oh, you're number 25 today. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, that's unusual in the sense that they were really cool about it. Mm, right yeah but okay so the online systems that you it's too easy to make mistakes they're inconsistent between schools right yeah so the systems a lot of times up front when you start putting things it looks the same as what you did yesterday look carefully because there's lots of small little inconsistencies from one to the other don't assume that even though it looks the same that it works the same as the other one be very careful about the different systems right and that's also as you said because some schools some schools, the student will receive the numerical score. Yeah, yeah. Got to yeah. be careful that because that's a big difference. You and know. one of the systems where I put in, I have to put in both. I have to put in the number and the letter grade. Okay, oh, the, that's like, <sighs> excuse me. Exactly. See, <laughs> excuse see what I want that paper? me, please. You know who designed <clears throat> this? You know, uh, you know, is, is this a fail-safe mechanism? You know, one, one can assume. One can assume. Yeah. The thing that gets the other thing, you know, other than it's really obvious, but you know, just say it anyway. Um I'll go ahead where and say the it. deadline. The deadlines. Because you got five schools, you got five different deadlines. Oh, I found out about deadlines too. <laughs> <laughs> I found out about deadlines. It sounds too. so stupid, but some of them can be so insanely short, early. You know? Yeah. Yeah, though that's the one that really makes me crazy. The ones that say we want your grades like three days after your classes are oh, finished. three days is generous. <laughs> One of my schools, they want the day after. Really, the day after the final exam. Yeah, they want it the day after the exams. <clears throat> the day after the exam. See, these are people who are saying we assume you use spreadsheets, right, and that you have nothing to do piles. tonight except grade piles of papers or five piles. Right, right. <clears throat> well, you know, this goes back to the fact that a lot of the people who made these rules never taught in a classroom. Oh, for sure. These are mm-hmm. admin people. Because anyone who's a teacher, who's been a teacher, would know you need a certain amount of time to do your grading, but not too much time because otherwise you'll never get around to it. Yeah, well, admin people, but also just people without sense. I mean, 
<laughs> you can you can you can be your experience can be solely in the realm of administration, but if you got an ounce of common sense, you know that that's not going to work. I mean, okay, that's fair know. enough. That's fair enough. Yeah, these I, people I just agree. yeah, and they thought they're very senseless. There's a lot of now I include myself in being a senseless person quite <laughs> often, but in certain areas, yeah, yes, sure. yeah. Thanks, Tony, for that vote of confidence. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all are, but yeah. So the grading thing, yeah, I I like the online system. Um, my school has a pretty good online system that actually allows you to submit the grade and then even allows you until a certain day to change the grade. Yeah, that's, that's, how, that's how some of them are. It's pretty good too that it will then send you a p. You can get a PDF file of the grades you've issued. So it's really easy to print out and you have your record. And yeah. And my, my point is that some of them are like that. So your Monday school can do that and you go and you try to do it on Tuesday. It's like, Oh, <laughs> it doesn't, I can't, uh, di, what, what just happened? It's like, right. oh, so, yeah, this you've is... just given, you've given, <laughs> you've just failed half your class. You've given half your class a zero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, this is human interface issues, right? And consistency and that people don't, or, you know, everyone assumes, you know, this is what I find is very true. Everybody assumes that even if you're a part-timer, that this is your main thing. This yeah, is you got nothing one, else to you do. You got nothing else to do and no other responsibilities. And um, for, you know, I, who was it? It was one of our colleagues who once said that um, I'm a part-time teacher because you only get part of my time. <laughs> and I thought that was a really like good that. way of putting yeah. it. But right, there should be more consistency, more built-in fail-safes. And I, I think that there should always, that there should be a set deadline. Let's say that your grades have to be submitted by February, let's say, 25th. And up until that time, 12 o'clock on February 26th, that your grades can be changed. Hmm. And that seems like a fair way to go about you know, these Why online not? systems. Why not? Yeah. Right. Com and that's why the paper is easier. I agree with you in many ways. That I like elusive common sense, right? Yeah, the paper is easier because I can fill it out and then I can leave it for an hour, hmm. right? Or more, which I always do. Well, paper's not going to change. Right. And then, but, and then come back. Yeah. And say, okay, let me compare this now to my spreadsheet printout because I was tired, possibly what I'm doing. And there's another interesting thing to talk about, right? Is, that the grade usually gets issued or we figure out the grade after we've been spending hours at the computer. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Even when you say the spreadsheet, you know, is going yeah, to. Yeah. A time when you're most likely to make a mistake or either, you know, mathematical or judgment error. Right. Right. Exactly. Or typing or line matching. Yeah, so leave yourself some time. But that's the problem with the online oh, yeah, system. Sure. I'll do that. But that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. 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 I would never issue a grade when I'm fatigued. Right. Because no matter what. Because yeah. we got so much of that at, the, at this time of the year. Well, that's the whole point is I don't know how many papers I'm going to have to grade. The final you know, papers, final presentations. Yes. I'm entering thousands of points yes. of data. Yes. And I think the thing is that what you have to do is you have to enter that data. And then you have to make sure the data is entered correctly also. So you haven't made any mistakes. And then you have to leave it alone. And then when, you know, I enter those grades either online or on paper, I should be reasonably fresh. It's a good idea, I think. Yeah. And I don't do that. Usually no. I'm just working, working, no, working. Nobody working. can. Yeah, trying to get those grades done, get those grades issued. Okay, so we've got online versus old style. 
We've talked about we got that got deadlines and the other thing I think the last thing that I've got um, is with whether you're doing it on paper you're doing online whatever system you've got um, yeah again obvious but stated anyway save copies save copies Mm. of what you've got save copies of what you've submitted um, because if there's any kind of question later on you want to be able to back yourself up yes what happened you know even even if it's just to confirm that yes in fact you made a mistake and we've all made mistakes i mean i've done it too i mean you you um should speak Charles for yourself about his, speak but, for yeah. yourself <laughs> you already talked about one did time. i oh well oh yes well everyone makes mistakes <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we all do we all screw up and uh, for obvious reasons but um having that paper back up so that, so that you at least have an idea what you did right yeah and this like uh, this is something i learned the hard way or i'm really happy because i think i mentioned before that I always keep um, paper backup as yeah. well as um, yeah. Don't rely on the digital. On the digital, and copy, if you're, sure, if you're entering everything into your sure. computer, let's say you're doing a spreadsheet, then every month print out. And these, these are two computer guys talking about. Yeah. It's like you print need paper. Out. Yeah, you paper have backup. to. So if you're doing a spreadsheet at the end of April, print out your spreadsheet with whatever grades have been entered. At the end of May, do the same thing. I had a situation I was describing where um, Excel just got really weird with me. And I could not open the file. And when I finally was able to recover the file, it was missing half the data. And I just said, thank God I've got copies. Yep. So yep. whatever you do during the course of the semester, print out. And doc. also, if you're using spreadsheets, insert comment function where you can oh, yeah. write Very comments useful. is really valuable. Annotate your spread i annotate my spreadsheet because you won't remember right so you won't you, you, you just say oh yeah i'll remember this guy or this girl that they did this and this and this and the reason why they, they've got like a 40 rather than a 60 right or, exactly write it down or why 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 you have a massage score you know the plus two points at the end right the adjustment exactly. column say needed to reward three students and write down the student numbers who worked really hard therefore to make my grades fair to everybody everybody got boosted up right and it's it's irritating and it takes your time but in the long term it will really save you a lot and i i think most schools are now expecting teachers to save papers and their grading records for at least one year we get a letter that says please make sure that you save your documentation for one year yeah we get those too yeah so those are good things. Anything else about <laughs> grading since it's I won't coming say up? What I do about it, but what do you have? I get those memos too. Is there a was there a meeting I missed? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, grading. It's so here. Yeah, basically, I think what happens is I just go through this every year, tearing my hair out with little's left, trying to figure out what's a fair mechanism, and I guess slowly after all these years, I'm moving to something that's reasonably fair. Hmm. But, well, let's yeah. We we all hope that's what we're doing. We're yeah, trying, right? Trying to. Well, that's the problem, right? Is you want? I want to see myself as being a nice guy, and grading forces me to realize, you know, in a way, I'm not. But maybe that's good for me to see that I'm really not a nice guy. Hmm. Okay, so we have grading. We've cu- talked about the online system. How could it be a useful mechanism for assessment and evaluation? Does it mean anything to our students? Um, what does a grade actually mean? Anything else you think you want to add to that, Tony? No, I think we're. I think we've kind of beat this one to death. Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel beat, hmm. and yeah. I'm not looking forward to this. Yeah, it'll be over soon. 
Yeah. Well, as I said, it's it's that last column in my spreadsheet that kills me. Massaging those grades so that they're fair. But okay. And what do we have scheduled for our next podcast? Well, the other the other thing we've got oh, sorry. <laughs> next up is one of our other favorite oh. favorite activities at this time of the year. And that is submitting your syllabus oh yeah right and we could go back to see what is the meaning of a syllabus does it oh, mean geez. anything to right. students yeah. well we know we know we're up front right now <laughs> it doesn't mean anything and well, we can pretend right and we should talk a little bit about how i think syllabi are by the way what's the plural of syllabus it's syllabi or I, syllabuses? I go with syllabi. i've seen both I, i've seen both but i prefer syllabi the correct one is syllabi the correct is syllabi i think octopus so. octopi syllabus syllabi Okay. So actually the syllabus kind of is like an octopus, isn't it? It is a many tentacled beast that Well it's almost fictitious. It does it's illusory. It's not real. Okay. So people are getting a sense as to what our approach is going to be to this topic. <laughs> Welcome with two teachers Enter talking to entertaining two kind of uh, what negative cynical guys talk about teaching. Okay. Okay. So, where can you reach these two negative kebabs of insensitivity? Uh, well, that would be a great, great name. Negative kebabs of insensitivity. I think it's nabobs rather than kebabs. I think kebabs. Are no, I like eat. kebabs because I, <laughs> I feel skewered right now. <laughs> Nabob, wait, Nabob, that was um, Spiro Agnew. That was Spiro it? Agnew, yeah. Right? Oh, okay, that's that's dating ourselves <laughs> a lot for anyone who oh, yeah. remembers Spiro. And for those of you who don't remember Spiro T. Agnew, Spiro Agnew was the vice president to Richard Nixon, and he resigned before Richard Nixon was forced out of office, and he made Richard Nixon look clean. Mm -hmm. So that's you know interesting. A lot of people forget that both the president and vice president mm. had to resign. Good times. Oh, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> you can reach us at two kebabs skewered, <laughs> two skewered, two teachers talking at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And the webpage at uh, two teachers talking.com. And we're on iTunes at two teachers talking. And we even have a Skype address, right, Tony? Yeah. And you can be the first two teachers talking. <laughs> Okay, but it'd be great. I mean, that I mean, it would be very a lot of fun to have like uh, verbal comments, audio audio comments to have to throw that on the show. Uh, what you like, what you don't like, ideas, and uh, now just tell us what you like. I don't want to hear what great. you don't like. I hear that all the time from students. We want to hear what you like. And actually, criticism, comments, suggestions would be greatly appreciated by everyone. And there we go. And there we are. And let's call that a wrap. So, Tony, we'll talk to you in a few weeks. Alrighty. Have a good day. Thanks. Thanks. And you too.